Last month, I joined Alex and Brittany of CodingCat.dev to talk about Svelte. Svelte is obviously one of my favorite frameworks. And we talked a bit about SvelteKit, the third age of JavaScript storybook, as well as just generally what people can do to get started and why I'm so excited about it. So enjoy. Welcome back, perfect peeps, to Perfect.dev. Today on the show, we have Sean Wang, also known as Swix. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> happy to be here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. A little bit about Sean, or perhaps popularly known as Swix, is a frequent writer and speaker, best known for the Learn in Public movement, and recently published the Coding Career Handbook with more advice for engineers going from junior to senior. He has worked for Netlify, AWS, and is also the co-host of Svelte Radio Podcast. That is, that is quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, is that too long of a bio? I, uh, I've been thinking about cutting it down. I don't a think bit. so. I think it's perfect, honestly. I really <laughs> like it. Stay busy. That's really cool. We like all Try the content. To. Making, up, making up for lost time. I was a career changer. So from 2011, 2017, I was finance. And uh, now I'm trying to make up for it. <laughs> No, I think you're doing a great job. You've probably leaped over a lot of us. So I probably buried the lead as I always tend to do because I'm just so excited about the guests, usually not as much, well, equally as the title and subject. So today we're talking about what's up with Svelte and possibly some things there. Brittany will probably lead a lot of this conversation today, folks. You probably hear too much of me, but Brittany loves Svelte. And so I'm going to let her take charge on this one quite a bit. The, the only things that I want to know before we dive into Svelte, where are you these days? Are you yeah. back home it's, or where are you it's floating It's clearly around? not, for those watching on video, this is clearly not daylight. It is 3 a.m. my time in Singapore. And uh, basically, this is where I was born and raised and where my family lives. Normally, I live in New York, but, you know, exactly a year ago, I fled New York because I wasn't sure if the, the healthcare system could take me if I got COVID. So I came back to the only place I knew, which is here. And I've been here. It was supposed to be like, I actually packed for like two months and I <laughs> left all my stuff in my apartment. And I was like, it's a short trip. It's fine. And, and now I'm still here. I've, I've I heard like that story repeatedly. It's crazy. That's exactly how we all felt. Like, it's going to be over in a couple months. Like, let's just do this for now. And then, no, we're still here a year later. Yeah, Especially because awesome you got to go back so, to family. I've lived through this. I've lived through SARS, which actually shut down schools here in, in Asia for a while. Yeah. And I think Americans don't know how it is. So maybe I, I do think that you have you don't take it as seriously if you haven't been exposed to it. But like everyone, everyone of us in Asia knew exactly what to do. And we just didn't follow the playbook. But it was over in two to three months. It wasn't like we, we were scared. I was scared for my baby sister. I was like, what world did you just get born into? But it was fine. And, and I thought this would be the same way. And it wasn't. So there we go. Well, I'm even more happy to have you on the show now that I know uh, exactly what time zone you're in. It's crazy early or late, depending. Yeah. So thanks again. I don't know what hours you're keeping these days. So really appreciate yeah, I call, it. I call it the reverse nine to five. So we wake up or start work at 9 p.m. and end at 5 a.m. And it turns out that it's not too bad. Like as long as like the house is quiet, which it is, then you get to focus on your work and you'll eat dinner with your family and it's fine. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, not to uh, dive too far away from it. I'm glad you are you were able to get home and healthy and we're super excited to talk about Svelte. So I hope you're, I, I hope you're ready to talk about it too. Yeah. I am extremely excited to be talking about like, I, this is my favorite framework library, whatever you want to call it, right? Like compiler, but what, 
do you think Spelt is and how is it different from those other front end frameworks that are out there? Well, I'd be interested in your take since you're also the resident expert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I would consider myself an expert, but yeah, I, I mean, I know Spelt is a compiler. So I think of it as a framework because it structures your code, right? So yeah. it's something that structures your code and that you can write some form of markup in. It's like an HTML superset. So that's kind of how I view it as a framework that compiles away. Yeah. My, my experience, I came from, I started with Vue and then I moved to React and then I found Svelte. And so I view that I view this progression in frameworks as just ways, different ways in which to write user interfaces on the web. And to me, Svelte is the simplest by far that I ever tried. It is uh, full, like sort of batteries included. It is uh, a joy to to write, and and the docs are really easy to explore, and the community is very nice and welcoming and small, which. It seems like a surprising thing to want a small community, but having been in the large community like React, I was a moderator of the React subreddit where there was over 200,000 people. Large communities have their problems too. And sometimes small is beautiful. And small I think that's a lot of the philosophy as felt like the basic hello world should not come with like 120 kilobytes of uncompressed JavaScript. And unfortunately, that's what you get with some of the, the heavier frameworks. And you that just doesn't matter for things. So Svelte, like its name, it's a compiler framework, compiler first. So unlike Vue or React, where you can just drop things in with a script tag, Svelte, you do have to run a build step. But with that one compromise, you get a lot of, of mileage out of that build step, including things like first-class animations, first-class styling support, which <laughs> React doesn't have. So... Yeah. I, I enjoy that. And of course, the output bundle is as small as possible, sometimes an order of magnitude smaller than what you get with React or, or Vue. And that's just because it adopts a fundamentally different approach. I don't necessarily think one is better than the other. I just observe my mood. Like, okay, so I, I think there's a... I still advise beginning developers to go learn React because that's where the biggest job market is. Okay. But once you're pretty secure in like your front end knowledge and your you, like your choice of tech stack doesn't dictate your economic value, then you should explore two tools that just make you happy and more productive. And for me, that's Svelte. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of things that are actually some of my favorite things about Svelte. The developer experience, I feel like it is so fun to write. Like it is just simple and. I almost feel like, I know job market isn't quite there yet, but it's probably one of the easiest for developers to jump into right out of the gate. Once you know HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, you can write spelt. It gets just that simple. So that's one of the things that I really love about it. And if the job market catches up, like, do you think that might be one of the things that we get to where they can learn that first? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we say things like the job market isn't there. It's, it's not zero and it's growing yeah. every day. Apple is actively hiring for Svelte developers and so is Ikea. I think something like American Airlines is also using. So there's a bunch of, so I, I helped to run the Svelte Society community, uh, which is kind of like the official community of Svelte. And we just keep a list of who's using Svelte in production, and it's a very long list. <laughs> yeah, and there's Svelte Jobs, right? Svelte Jobs, yeah, yeah. Schneider Electric, there's household names, and then there's less household names, but still very important big companies that use Svelte. And I, I just, at what point, how many, what, is there a number at which we're happy? Or 
does it have to be number one in order for people to be happy? Like yeah. you can get jobs using Svelte. Like that, that's not in doubt. Yeah. I think that it's easy for people to jump in. Would you agree with that? Like where people could just jump in and learn it right after learning HTML and CSS and JavaScript? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, like I think the progression from HTML is probably the simplest compared to the other two frameworks because it is a HTML superset, like you just said. Yeah. And those sugar syntax that we get with Svelte, I feel like are so much, I don't want to say better, but with React and JSX, like there's so many of those nuances that you have to do like class name and you have to do whatever your attribute is equal to, and then you have to put the JavaScript in there. And we can just do those shorthand syntaxes in Spelt that are so nice. Yeah, there's good and bad in the sense that it does add learning curve to the, the framework and mm -hmm. reacts intentionally for better or worse is on the other side of that spectrum. But for things that we do multiple times a day, every day, it's nice to have a shorthand. <laughs> it is. It's really nice. And you mentioned one of those other things that are my favorites is the built-in animations with Spell are just outstanding. And it's so nice, especially if you're building a static site. Like you can do page transitions easily. You can bring in like a little fade-in animation, whatever you want. And it's just, it comes out of the box and you get that easily. Also, actions are another thing that Spelt provides you. And can you explain more about what actions are and how you use them in Spelt? Yeah, I, I haven't tried explaining this, so this will be a challenge. Actions are basically life cycles or side effects of components that mount on the DOM. So you can instruct Svelte to run uh, some code when something mounts, when something changes data, and when something unmounts. And that can be anything from measuring where the screen, where the mouse position is, uh, to, tr to triggering like a keyboard shortcut registration. There's lots of use cases for actions. In fact, we are we're actually starting to collect some of these. I have a Svelte actions repo on my GitHub where I'm proposing a couple, uh, I think six of them so far. For example, you can change a button. Like one of the problems with web apps and buttons in general is that if you bind something to click, that works fine on a desktop, but then it doesn't translate very well to uh, mobile. Oh, okay. And for, for example, if you want to have something long press, like that, that works on a long press, you have to, it, there's no event for that in, in on mobile. So you have to code it up yourself. So a Svelte action helps to give you reusable pieces of code that you can just say, all right, once this thing is mounted, let's add this additional listener with this preset amount of logic. And that's an action that, that you can just say like on long press, do this other thing or on keyboard shortcut, trigger this other function. And these are all just very convenient ways to attach individual pieces of logic and sometimes reusable logic to the DOM elements that you work with. Are they all events? They can generate events or they can sort of trigger based on events. So, so yeah, that's how I think about it. And it's basically, you can map it to the React concepts of use ref and use effect together. Okay. You just don't have to write as much because use ref and use effect are a little bit lower level and they give you more power, but they also give you more rope to hang yourself with. And actions are pretty straightforward. You just attach it to them and use them as they're as you're supposed to use them. Yeah. Um, and you so said a little bit in there how we have the on colon and the use colon that we can mm -hmm. use those with inside of the HTML superset. So there's like that little shorthand that you can use your action with. What I'd almost like to do, I, I love what you guys are talking about, but I'd love to tie a visual to this, some of it. So I jumped out to the Svelte site and some of what you're talking about, I'm like, I wonder what this looks like. And they actually have some like Svelte examples out here. 
for that's actually a great like, idea. There's yeah, it's, about- a, it's a the draggable action. There's one there which I love because I just needed it and I just went to dogs and grabbed it and I'm done. I didn't have to I figure the out the same mechanics thing. Of it. I just yeah, did a draggable really great. and had yeah. to go to the same one. Do you see it? I don't see it. I don't know how I'm missing it though. Actions, actions. Oh, you just missed it. See animations. There we go. Actions. Yeah, use directed. Okay, is this the one with with, with the drag? Yeah, yeah. This is the one. Okay. That's so well. That? Yeah. So so these actions, the use the the, the panelbo.js. That's the action. And go look up. Go look at the code. Right. It's 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 basically some like low level mouse move code. Right. Which you write once, but essentially once you've written this function, you can go back to your main app. And then look at where Panable is used. So scroll down to use Panable down there, right? So you just attach it on, and that generates three events that you hook into. So on pan start, on pan move, and on pan end. So these are ways to extend the platform, right? These are not natural DOM-specific events that are generated by your browser. These are things which you synthetically create out of out of applying the use panable action. And so now you have just event handlers, which you can use to do whatever. And so here we, we're just implementing drag and drop just like that. As a non, non felt like expert, I've written a couple like little things inside in Firestore, but when you actually write this and then you go through that build step, like you were talking about in the beginning, this actually becomes just straight JavaScript HTML on the other side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just DOM instructions. There's no intermediate library, which makes it very svelte. So <laughs> I like the name. Exactly. Um, it fits right in. Yeah, so for anyone that hasn't checked out Svelte yet, here's the main site, and it kind of walks you through just different areas for write less code. You can dive into why that's the case, and it just has these great little snippets of how to start taking in data. So here's like using name with data. Yeah, it's pretty simple, and you almost think you're writing, which you are basically writing JavaScript most of the time. So it's pretty pretty awesome. And yeah, as Wick said earlier, like the docs are really nice. They're really helpful. Yeah. There's something about single page docs and having an embedded REPL where people can experiment and play. It's a very nice community norm to the point where the first conference, the first felt conference that we organized, I was like, hey, we need a timer. So I just like made a really crappy timer in this felt REPL. And then people just took that REPL and they cloned it and then just added, started adding like wacky animations and SVGs and all that. And it was just like a really fun remix culture type of thing that could not have happened in the other frameworks just because the other frameworks take so much setup and you have to fight over libraries and stuff like that. Svelte is designed by Rich Harris at the New York Times and it's really, you can really tell that it's just like, I, it's, one, it's a tool set for someone to be productive without having to make too many choices. And it's very much loved by the data journalists, a type of people who make interactive gra- graphics and like drop in sites and, and components. Even though it's it's capable of making full apps, I'm just saying like, that's what hooks people from the start, which is how easy it is to get started. Yeah, that touches a little bit on the article that you wrote, right? Felt for sites react for apps. That's a controversial one because it got haters from both sides. Oh, I liked it. <laughs> I mean, you can write apps with Svelte, but I mean, it just wasn't there at the time of writing the article, right? No, it was. I'm just saying, like, you you care about different things at different scales. Okay. And I think in JavaScript and in programming in general, we try too hard to make one tool fit all scales. And we should be more respectful of the fact that tools that are made to extend from the smallest thing all the way to the biggest thing, we like to make claims like that. But you typically are not using the best tool for the job when you do that. And so it, it kind of shows. And and that's why I, I wanted to make the case essentially for React people to try Svelte. 
and for Svelte people to not be so obsessive about Svelte owning everything because you're just not there yet and there's no point pretending. That is very true. And I feel like we need to use the right tool for the job. Like that is what you're saying there. And I do have a blog post. So <laughs> there, it's a nuanced thing. It's so nuanced. I do have a blog post called In Defense of Hammers, which is... You know, this, this idea that uh, if you have a hammer, then everything looks like a nail, right? It's like this criticism of this person who has one tool and just like use that tool to solve everything. And you know what? That's actually pretty great. Like if, if you have, you can just learn one tool and solve everything. That's awesome. That's, that's like good for you. Like I, I don't, because what's the alternative? Like learning a thousand tools, that's also a lot of overhead, right? So I think people are a little bit too lazy when they say use the right tool for a job. I mean, I, I just used it. So I'm, I'm not exempt from this. It's a nuanced thing. So maybe use two tools to do two different jobs and just identify that when you're working at small scale and working at large scale, these jobs are different. They're not, they, they may nomin- nominally be the same thing because you're kind of working on the same substrate, which is the web, but at different scales, they, then different things start to matter. And so, so my example for why continue to use React was, for example, React Native, which is the most advanced sort of cross-platform JavaScript framework port or whatever you call it. Like Svelte Native and Svelte Native Script exist. Yeah. Um, what is Svelte Native? Like, like, I've heard of it, but I've never worked in it. Have you ever worked in Svelte Native? No, I have not. So, uh, but we did just interview a guy in Svelte Radio. It'll be coming up and it'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's, it, it uses Native Script, which is a way to uh, generate mobile apps from JavaScript. It, I don't know what the trade-offs are between Native Script's approach and React Native's approach. And I mean, I'll, I'll figure that out when I get there. I just haven't needed it yet because I'm, I'm only web. Same. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you touched a little bit on how nice the docs are, but when it comes to video tutorials, there's not really a lot out there right now. Where would you tell people to go that wanted to get started with Svelte? And would you ever consider creating a course with Svelte possibly? Ah, there are plenty of people who've, who've made courses, actually. There are some courses on AK.io. I think Tomas Lakomi from Poland has made okay. some videos there. Rich Harris, the creator of Svelte himself, has done a full workshop on front-end masters. Both of these are paid sites, but they're pretty worth it in my opinion. There are free tutorials on YouTube. So probably the Free Code Camp channel has a couple hours or more of a good Svelte tutorial. And I also know some people are making Svelte tutorials on their own. So Scott Talinsky from Level Up Tutorials and Syntax.fm has a full Svelte course together with like, a, it's a full stack Svelte course. So it has like authentication and stuff involved. And yeah, yeah, it's on his YouTube and it's very high quality because he's a professional video course creator. Yeah. And there's also a channel called Svelte Mastery, which uh, which also goes into some of that. And Li Hao Tan, who's also Singaporean, but also one of the Svelte core maintainers, goes into the core code of Svelte and explains how it works on his YouTube channel. So there are a bunch of different, and these are just the ones I know of, right? Oh, cool. And there, there, okay. there are plenty of other things. Like we accumulate a lot of them on the Svelte Society YouTube channel. Basically any, anyone who's a society member, it's free, just submit, can, can send, in, send it in. And we just want to make this more accessible to, to people who want to learn. But there's also Svelte Russia, Svelte India, Svelte Brazil. They, they all got stuff going on. It's, so the community is just like expanding like crazy. Yeah, it's Felt Japan. It, it's really yeah. cool because like I started Felt Society essentially on a whim because I was like, so the story of, of what was happening is I'm friends with Rich Harris just because uh, we were both in New York and we yeah. hang out a bit. And and the first Felt meetup was going to happen in London. And I was like, I, I, I heard about that. I was like, hey, we, we have the creator in New York. 
but the first meetup is in London. <laughs> we got to beat them, right? So and so I, so within one week, I just announced that, hey, we're, we're holding a meetup. I don't have a location. I don't have a place. I don't have an attendee list. I don't have speakers. But we're just going to make this happen because we got to be first. So within a week, I got a, a place at a, a Microsoft building. Someone volunteered. 50 developers and three speakers for the first Fault Society meetup. Now that um, bootstrap, folks. <laughs> Holy smoke. Yeah. That was fun. I mean, t- Twitter's great. And I, I've been involved in the New York tech scene for three years. So it wasn't exactly like from scratch, but it's a lot of friends and it's a really nice community. So simultaneously, we had uh, on the same day, October 1st of 2019, we had Svelte Society Stockholm, Svelte Society London, and Svelte Society New York. And we continued like that for a few months until COVID hit. So then we all went online and we just decided to merge. And now the three of us are the hosts of the Svelte Radio podcast. And we have organized two conferences together. And we're going to do a third next month. Yeah. Is SvelteConf next month? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Svelte Summit because we like our alliteration. Sorry, like to, I'm like so used to all the other conferences out there. I know, but like it starts with an S, right? So you got to go yeah, with it. Yeah, Small society, you gotta, like, summit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's we, true. I, I really want to start. Uh, so View had uh, View Vixens for a while, which is kind of like the female oh, right. uh, organization. Yeah. So yeah, I think Jen Loper's on that, right? Jen Looper, yeah, yeah. Well, they've re- they've renamed themselves the Front End Foxes, so they kept the alliteration. But I want to. I was thinking about like Svelte Sisters. That's what someone suggested. I, I don't know, but I'm still looking for a champion of that. Wink, wink, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking on so much. I don't know about taking on more than right now, but yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. All right. I know we diverged a little bit. But let's get back on topic here. So. That was all great stuff. I really appreciate yeah, it. We actually I'm, had... I'm trying to keep up with all the, the mentions and all the, the HTML links here. So. Oh, yeah. Getting all those notes in the show notes. We actually had Scott Talinsky on last week, and you mentioned his felt course. And he has an animating felt course, too, that I really loved. He I does. actually perfect picked it last week. And it's a really good course, too. But I saw you have a course on Egghead IO on design systems with React and TypeScript and Storybook. Do you yep. think Svelte would be a good choice for building a design system since it's so close to that base HTML that we talked about? Oh, this is an interesting question. I think it would be good, but it would not be the only choice and it would not be upset if people chose something else. Because <laughs> I, I mean, ultimately, ultimately what, what choice of technology you choose for your company, it really depends on your team and what they know well. And if you just randomly force a, a new framework on them without consultation, like that's not going to go over very well. So I, I prioritize the health of the team over any technolo- technology. So that's as true. much as I like Svelte, it's just, I'll, do, I'll go with whatever the team that wants to do. So I got to be a team player. But I will say that so Svelte is a better base for a design system than React is, mainly because a React design system is going to require you to use React in your main app, whereas Svelte it can actually build to, to web components, which you can use in any app. Yeah. And that's what I was wondering is if it's more dynamic in a way, because you can get that base HTML and JavaScript and then you can move it into whatever you need it to be. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'll call that dynamic, but it's more portable, maybe. Maybe that's yeah, the word. Yeah, yeah, portable. That's yeah. a good word. Yeah. I, I would also say like any design system needs styling and React does not have styling. So uh, like you just have to solve a lot more problems with, with starting from a base of React. And some people love that and some people don't need to spend their time doing that. Do you like Storybook for using design systems in React? I think it's okay. I think it's I, I, it's more than okay. It's good. I'm friends with Dom and the, the team over there. My problem with them is it's slow. So we 
use Storybook in production, uh, not production, but like professionally to develop Netlify, like the, the Netlify.com app and mm -hmm. site. We have an entire design system sort of spelled out in Storybook. That thing takes up something like 30 seconds to load because it's so slow. I don't know what it is inside a Storybook. It could be Webpack. It could be yeah. the initialization inside of Storybook's internals. It's just slow. And it's getting slower the more we add to it. So it, it's got to be faster. I've given them a lot of crap in public about it. So they, they're, they're aware and they're working on it. And, and to be fair, to be really clear, I don't know. I'm not saying that I could do a better job. I'm just saying I think we don't, I don't think this is the final state of things. I think that can be better. And, and so, yeah, I secretly want to build a better storybook myself, but I, I think there's uh, no glory in that. <laughs> on, on Pod Rocket, Caleb was on with the creator of Alpine.js talking about how he was showing off some things to the storybook folks and it was so much faster. They were kind of blown away. So I'll be interested uh, to see all these little permeations I yeah. actually of, of storybook um, occurring. Sean was on Pod Rocket yeah. today. I am. I'm, yeah. I well, I recorded it a couple of months ago, but yes, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's released today. Nice. Um, the Swigs. Yeah, Swigs tape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they're really cool, and I mean, I I just I obviously I've benefited from their blog posts, and I like that they're branching onto podcasts. And I was very excited that to learn that they were launching a podcast. In fact, I heard about it from an unrelated, like non-developer podcast. Because the, the founder was on, he, they would, he just like casually mentioned it and they searched it up. They hadn't even announced it yet. And I was the first to ever tweet about it. So I kind of got the scoop. Uh, and then they were just like, okay, well, you, you want to come on? Blog Rocket's a little bit into everything and everywhere. It's crazy how like you'll they hear are. about it and something just non-related. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, that's a little bit of content marketing and sometimes it's annoying sometimes, but I think they're generally on the good side. Yeah. So give them a pass on that one. I, th I think they talked about that, trying not to be annoying part when Coder was on. Yeah. yeah. And, and you have to, like, if you're not annoying someone, you're probably not doing it enough. So that's one perspective because the alternative is you never blog and, and no surprise, nobody's ever heard of you, right? So... I, f I feel both sides and I, I, I think sometimes it's a tough line to draw and everyone draws it different ways. So that's my take on that. <laughs> so this might be a, a question maybe for Brittany, because I think we brought it up with you, Swix, but maybe both of you and I just have no clue. I'm so confused between what's happening with Sapper and Svelkit. Can you guys explain to me like what essentially is happening in, in that world? Ready? You gonna take a crack? No, yeah, I was just okay. gonna get into that. Like, where is the future of Svelte going? Like, what is Svelte <laughs> and is Sapper dead? Like, we've heard all these like little keyframes or keywords going on. So, I would like your take. Like, what do you think is happening? And is Sapper going away, or what is going on there? Yeah, I don't have any sort of inside information, but essentially, what happened was last conference last felt summit rich harris actually made it made the announcement that sapper would never be reaching 1.0 meaning it will never be considered production ready he considered the existing foundations to like he wanted to do a, a rewrite from scratch using the new tools that he enjoys which is es build and, and the different foundation for routing and stuff like that so he eventually announced Svelkit, uh, which is essentially sapper's spiritual successor there are a lot of companies including rich rich's own internal tooling that use sapper so there's a natural question of like what am i are you just leaving me high and dry and the answer is no because everyone who's making Svelkit has <laughs> production sapper apps and and they're going to ensure a good migration path 
So Svelkit is fundamentally re-architected from like kind of a Next.js inspired Next.js like as of like Next.js version eight or nine, which like it was originally arch- architected as like a Node server app, right? You run a server, you run in it in Node.js, and it would serve requests. Now it's fundamentally fundamentally re-architected to be a serverless uh, solution. So you would be able to be to split up serving your pages from different serverless functions, and some of them could be static, some of them could be dynamic, and it's very much in the line of the new generation of meta frameworks like Remix in the React world. And I think that's a fundamentally good architecture design to make. And also, it needs to be faster in in sort of data generation. Like I when I had my blog on Sapper, I ran into this so much so that I had to build a Sapper overlay to make the page generation a lot faster. And so, so there's a there's a lot that goes into this technical decision making, but it is very exciting because it means that the server side rendering story in Svelte is no longer a separate project. Now, when you npm install Svelte, you actually get a CLI that generates an an, an app for you that also does server side rendering and can be deployed on. Uh, a number of different platforms. They're going to have multiple adapters to Cloudflare, to AWS, to Netlify, to whatever. And that's a much simpler story for me. It's going to annoy some people that people get annoyed by change, but that's what's going on. So Sapper is not fully dead. It's not fully alive. It's just going to have a successor. At the time, we thought it would be out by like the end of 2020. It is now March yeah. <laughs> 2021. And, but we think there will be a public beta pretty soon. So that's all I know. I, it'll come out when it comes out. But I think that Svelte's philosophy has always been towards unified tooling that is simple and fast. Everyone in the community has... It's a benefit of being a second framework. Everyone knows uh, what they want when it, when it comes to Svelte. And it's it's speed, it's simplicity, and and I think Svelkit's going to deliver on that. Yeah, us in the community are just waiting because Rich Harris keeps saying Alpha's coming soon, and we're like, oh, is it ready? And I've tried it a couple times; it does still seem a little bit buggy. And I just saw that they moved from Snowpack to Vite. Do you know what Vite is, or how that's different from Snowpack, and what the difference of that is? Yeah, and these are like for anyone who's who's listening, these are all new names that popped up in the last year, right? Like if you're yeah. out of the loop, it's okay. Like you're, it's a full time job keeping on top of all these things. But I can explain it. So, the whole goal, the whole innovation, I guess, that's taken place, and this is a, a broader thesis I call the third age of JavaScript going on, is that we are replacing sort of legacy assumptions and and just going all in on sort of integrated bundling uh, and ES modules. So Vite and Snowpack are both solutions where they serve a dev experience that's entirely based on ES modules, which are native JavaScript import and exports. This is different from what you might be used to in Webpack or Rollup, where the import and export will be transpiled to some kind of internal module representation where they would stitch things together for you to bundle it up. Which means that when you fire up a dev development mode to run your apps on your on your laptop, it would have to build the entire app in order to serve your first page. Whereas with Vite or or Snowpack, they would only just have to serve exactly the components that you requested in the current path, and that scales because it becomes linear time. Like the number of pages, the number of components that you have, it goes from linear time to constant time, uh, which is just the number of components that you're requesting. So you can have a, a massive site and your your startup time would be exactly the same as something that's a, that's much smaller. And also because you're basing it on a different base, so both Vite and Snowpack use ES Build, which is a Webpack replacement from 
ironically, a side project of the CTO of Figma, Evan Wallace, because he, he doesn't have enough to do. He, he made a new bundle. This thing is built in Go rather than in JavaScript, and it optimizes the hot paths. So it actually builds 100 times. This is not an exaggeration, an exaggeration, 100 times faster than Webpack. And whenever you have order of magnitude changes in your development tools like that, you just unlock new levels of play and and experimentation that you could not have before in your development. So uh, that's why we ha basically had to burn everything down because yeah. there's just a new foundation coming around in JavaScript. And yeah. And like those architectural changes that you were talking about, I feel like Next.js just really like exploded in the last year. We're actually rebuilding our codingcat.dev site in Next.js now. Mm -hmm. And with Sapper kind of going away and SvelteKit taking over that, those adapters that you were talking about, they have like a static adapter and I think it's a node adapter. Is that right? Do you know if we're going to be able to do that like Next.js thing where it's on a per page basis or is it yeah, that... going to be like where the whole app is one way? No, I think there's, I think probably there's going to be a third kind of adapter where you serve it from serverless. I don't actually, I haven't actually seen it and I'm not on the, the team that maintains it, so I can't promise it. Um, but that was the original vision that I was told. So that's as much as I can tell because he, he's very bought into the serverless environment. So I, I don't see any, any future in which he doesn't provide a serverless adapter. Yeah. I mean, uh, the only thing that I have in it is just, I've played with it a couple of times. And like I said, I mean, it was kind of buggy like I couldn't refresh in the browser and things and I wanted it to do things that it just wasn't doing yet and it wasn't there but I'm really excited for the future of Svelte and how yeah. it's growing so in a sense like I, I wish that Svelte had a bit more backing to it because the reason Next.js has, has had such success is because there's a company behind it and it's very incentivized to market it and yeah. to invest in its development and all that good stuff right like that's actually open source working at its best here, it's just like a loose connection of volunteers who like chip in on the weekends. So that's why we don't have like firm schedules and like even our conferences when we put them together are kind of buggy. So we had downtime and, and there's, it, it's just a, it's a mess. It's a community effort. It's charming. It's getting that uh, but, passion though. Like sometimes is, companies like put just the marketing and just the money into it. And we're getting yeah. the passion of the developers because that's what they want and that's what it they is. need to see. So that's one of the nice things about that. Yeah, it'll be a challenge because like as it grows, clearly the community deserves better than like it's like a, like a fly by night volunteer sort of sometimes you're there, sometimes you're not effort. Like Vue has figured it out. They, they have they, they do have the funding and they have a good organization and it's felt I don't think it's there yet. There, there's, there's starting to be some kind of some measure of governance. In, in fact, my, probably my number one wish for Svelte is just more open and regular committed governance to the project. And uh, and <laughs> you don't think about these things when you choose technologies when you're just starting out as a dev. But then the more you rely on these things and you see that you are downstream of the human principles and organizations behind the, the code, then you're like, oh, okay, I start to really care. So without knowing... Obviously, I'm not in the community as far as you guys are. I feel like you've touched on every part of it. You've talked about Svelte versus SvelteKit and the, the production side. The only, the only yeah. thing like, I would be curious uh, just to leave off with, and I think we touched on it a little bit, as like a new developer coming in, like a junior, like just leaving college or a boot camp or whatever, to, to take Svelte, we kind of said, maybe don't learn Svelte for your next job, but definitely check it out and learn it for your side project or like your blog or something like that. Is that still pretty accurate? Yeah, I think so. In, in the same way that React represents what's in production today, but there's a new generation of tech coming. I think that Svelte could be that, that future, that glimpse of the future. You definitely want to stay informed of like what 
is possible. Even if you uh, don't use it every day, you should know what is excite what excites the the people who are focused on the future. To me, that is Svelte, that is ES Build, that is Vite. This whole generation of tooling is is going to be a huge differentiator for the next uh, 10 years in, in JavaScript. So yeah, if you're just, if you just graduated from, from bootcamp, go get that job. No, I'm not going to stand in your way, but you should know that you deserve better tooling. And also your, the tools that you use for your side projects should not be the same thing as the tools that you use for work because they are different scales. And yeah, you, I mean, you should start choosing the things that make you happy and more productive. Yes, that's well said. I think that I will probably leave it there because that's a great ending to this podcast. And then the last thing that we always love to do is a fun part of the the pod and we call it our perfect picks. So Swix, we, we have your perfect pick. Let me uh, bring it up real quick here. Oh yeah. Oh, it's going to work so great on the visuals. Uh, so this is 3JS Journey. It's by Bruno Simon, whose personal site actually went viral a couple of years ago because it's all built in WebGL. And it's like this, you, you start as this little race car, you drive it around in 3JS. And it's just such a gorgeous site. Move your mouse around, look at it, it responds. And it, it basically shows you how to get involved in 3JS in a very approachable and French way. He keeps up. I, I, I think a lot of French speakers, when they, when they speak English, they know that they have a very heavy accent that makes them a little bit hard to understand. So they're just very apologetic about it and i watched this videos and i'm like dude like you, you already apologized it's fine like <laughs> i can't read what you're saying <laughs> but he's, it's gorgeous uh it's one of those things where like at some point if you do enough web development you're tired of moving boxes around on the screen it's kind of how i put it and we should look into some of these more interactive and imaginative experiences and they're not so far away Sure. I, I'm still I'm still learning it. I'm just thinking like there's more to life than just yeah moving boxes around. And I think you have to do the pay, pay your dues to like learning this stuff to recognize opportunities when you can just like sneak it in to a, a project. And it just has that little pop that makes people enjoy your work a little bit more. Like you can see it's very tasteful. You don't it's possible to go overbearing with 3D, but it's very tasteful and I just love it. It's yeah, it's nice. Fantastic. We use 3GS all the time, but it's more just for like graphing and stuff because we're getting paid for it. We don't have fun stuff to do like <laughs> that. So it's awesome. Very cool. Brittany, you are up next. Yeah. My first pick is the Svelte for Sites React for Apps blog post that Sean actually wrote that we spoke a little bit on earlier. It's a really good blog post that kind of breaks down like what's the difference between a website and a web app and why does it matter? And kind of what he just touched on with like building what you love, like in a language that you like to write. So getting the fundamentals there and then building what you need for the job and what makes you happy. I thought it was a really good post. That's awesome. Thank you. And this site is built in Svelte and it's open source. So you can check out the code. Yeah, sure. Swix.io. And all the links should be in our blog posts. So check it out. Yeah, I tend to ramble a lot in my blog posts. My second perfect pick is a little bit of kind of a shameless plug, a little bit, because I was on Kobayashi Maru last week, and I built a draggable Kanban app with Svelte. And I'm not an expert by any means, and I stumbled through a lot of that and didn't actually even get to implement the draggable part. But there is a link to the GitHub repo in there, and we'll link it in our show notes as well. But uh, yeah, it was super fun, and you kind of learn how to persist local storage with a Svelte store in that. So definitely check that out. Sweet. Very cool. And then uh, my last pick, I use it every day and I was struggling to come up with a pick today. So I'm like, why wouldn't I pick it? Andra, if, if you don't use it, it, we use it all the time, especially in our kind of our cover images and stuff like that. Fantastic work. 
I'm totally dropping the name. What's her name? Hang on. I should give her props. There we go. Katerina Limpitsuni. That's why I can never remember it. I had to look at it. <laughs> no, she does amazing work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely amazing artist. And it's all downloadable, all free to use. Using Algolia to search, you can set our our famous, or at least to me, 5 five e eleven eighty six purple color. Oh, you even know the hex value. Oh, gotta gotta know the hex of uh, coding cat. And you can search through. And when you click on it, the cool part is you can download the SVG or PNG. The SVG you can drop directly in Figma, and off to the races you go. So yeah, it's super cool. And you can break it apart. So like I delete stuff out of there all the time just to to use the rest of the SVG. So I love it. I dropped a link in our Notion for more resources like Unjaw. So I collect these in a repo that I call Spark Joy for basically like all the design resources that I always reach for. You should have them ready. And uh, so I dropped it in a Notion, more places which you can find. Unjaw is right up there at the top, but there's humans, there's black illustrations, Vectizi. There's just a lot of really great design resources and we should make it easier to access. So this is my attempt. I'm, I'm bookmarking nice. all the ones like this directly. I used to have a an API one like this. There's a GitHub to like all the open APIs. Um, oh yeah, scroll all the way down, uh, all the way at the bottom. Yeah, it's just like demo APIs because some of them make you sign up, so I don't like that. So I I actually I make the actually I record the actually free ones. No, next there's another one all the way down at the bottom. Yeah, there we go. Very cool. Mock APIs. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Because I, I, I used to do a lot of demos for my previous jobs. I think we're running up on time. So I just want to say thanks again, Twix, for jumping on. I know it's a crazy time where you're at right now. So I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk about Svelte. I'm always down to spread the word, <laughs> spread yes, the gospel. Absolutely. Come join the community. And we are pretty active on Discord and on Twitter and on YouTube. And then we are holding Svelte Summit in April. And it's free. And you just go to sveltesummit.com, I think, to drop your email. Awesome. Yeah, Thank I you so it. much. Appreciate it. it. So yeah, thanks again. Take thanks care. Me. All right. See you later.